0: Everybody, I'm Jody Marks and welcome to Breaking It Down with Jody Marks, brought to you by P3 Theatre Company, where every week I sit down and talk with a new group of panelists who not only help educate us all, but also help give the black community a voice on topics and conversations that should have happened a long time ago. You can also watch the show live by going to P3 Theatre Company's Facebook Live every Wednesday at 630 Pacific Time, where if you have a question on the week's topic, we'll be happy to answer it. Now sit back, listen, and learn, because we're about to break it down. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode six of Breaking It Down with Jody Marks. My name is Jodi Marks. And tonight we have an amazing panel, and they are Greg Williamson, Fedeke Alparende, and Darren Jacobs. So tonight's topic is colorism. So before we get into all of that juicy stuff, we're going to actually give it away to our wonderful panel and ask them to give a little background of themselves before we start. So Greg, can you start us off? Uh,
1: yeah. So performer, I'm a performer at heart. Um, I performed at Disney for about, about 10 years. Um, I've done musical theater, but what I do now is I'm a therapist. I work with kids with autism. Um, so far from performing, I guess I'm performing for the kids. I just find myself like (laughs) tap dancing, like look at me, look over here. Don't look over there. Um, But, yeah, that's what I do.
2: Fideike? Oh, hi. I'm Fideike Operinde. And um, I majored in musical theater. I'm an actor. I'm a singer. I'm a songwriter. Um, Right now, during this pandemic, I am a full-time just trying to survive this quarantine and not go bananas. That's my full-time job right now. That's what I do, and that's pretty much all me. I'm from Chicago, Illinois. I'm here in L.A. now because it snows too much in Chicago. <laughs> so that's me. <laughs> yep. And
3: Darren? Hey, everybody. So I am Darren Jacobs, and originally from South Africa, which is why I'm on uh, this show, really excited about it. And I have two little baby girls, currently two, uh, a four-year-old and a six-year-old. And I'm a social worker, I work in a hospital, and I help uh, people in a rehab unit, so that's my profession. But I, I moved to America about, what is it now, uh, eight, eight or nine years ago. Uh, I actually met my wife on a cruise, because we work for Disney Cruise Line, and she called <laughs> me over mm-hmm. this way, and yeah, I've been here since then.
0: I love that. Disney just gets everybody. Right. Everyone, not Don't go because you know. Anyway, right. so <laughs> back to the topic. So a lot of you might be even asking, what is colorism? So I'm just going to give it like a brief like little definition. So colorism is a type of dis- discrimination that is a step beyond racism, where people are marginalized not merely because of their race, but because of their literally tone of their skin. It's when people are treated differently for having darker or lighter skin. There are two forms of colorism though. Intraracial colorism, it's like occurring within the same race. So for example, like how in the black community it's light skins versus dark skins, and we will get into that. And then interracial colorism is basically existing between or involving different races, So another example is, say, a white woman's walking down the street and she either has an option to go to one side or the other. And you see a darker man on this side and a lighter man on this side. She's obviously going to pick the lighter man because stereotypical colorism have just said that, you know, the darker skins are more dangerous, even though the light man could literally just be a robber. It's just a thing. So I actually want to ask everybody, what does colorism mean to you before we start?
1: I'll go first, um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna focus my discussion mostly on uh, blackness in colorism. Um, I, I am very aware that colorism happens with, within any race, within any ethnicity, it's within any culture, right? It is, it is what it is, but within blackness, um, it's really that light skin versus dark skin, right? And If you're looking at the juxtaposition between Fideke and I and you yourself, Jody we are dark-skinned, right? Um, and we are, in a sense, treated as lesser or or sometimes even villainized because we are darker. But we may have the same um, uh, values and thoughts as you, Jody, right? Yes. So for me, colorism is really, within the Black community, This, uh, this class system right and and before i get too far into it it started with slavery right it started with you know the light skin the light-skinned people were in the house and the dark-skinned people were out in the field
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so. I, I actually want to touch on that light like, right because a lot of people go the light skins were in the house the dark the dark skins were in the but the light skins normally were their children right like right. the slave owner's children because their the mothers were essentially raped right. um but then they get like this they're still not white but we're going to put them in the house to work and take care of the children type of things and then you you're right the darker skinned people were doing backbreaking work out in the fields day after day so it's right. kind of it started off with that because you already had that divide
1: it you gives know, you a, a moniker for for the person you you're looking at and you're saying huh okay you were a working class you were a uh a field slave versus oh you're lighter okay now i can speak to you you're you might even be educated i don't know
0: right right and that's that's also let's get into it the light skins versus dark skins because that's basically what happened you know what i mean the they wanted to kind of divide us because when we're united that's a scarier front right right so why did we just keep it going? You know what I mean? Like after everything happened, we got our like freedom and you know, we could build our own communities. Why did we keep that?
2: I feel (laughs) like, I'm sorry to just pop in there, but I just feel like this divisive behavior was so ingrained in our ancestors. And once a long period of time happens where a certain group of people, which is a lighter skinned group of people end up having more privilege than darker people you have this divisiveness and now it's so deep-rooted in our culture that it's just been passed down and passed down and passed down and it's something that we today have to sort of check within ourselves and check the people around us because when we when we think about like colorism and like the entertainment industry and i know we're going to get to things like later but when we think about it in the entertainment industry we aren't that far out of like the brown paper bag test which was you weren't yeah. getting hired if you weren't lighter than so like when you see lighter or like a caramel I don't know are we allowed to use food type things like a lighter brown or lighter skinned person they're seen as more pretty whereas like greg was saying darker toned people are seen as like ugly or like thieves and like the villain and i always saw it this way to me because this is how i saw most family units like portrayed on television and like cartoons and just like even on the street mostly, it was always a darker man with a lighter woman. And I mean, that's even in my own family, like that's my, my dad's much darker than my mom. And it just seemed like society viewed darker skinned people as more masculine and lighter skinned people as more feminine. And that's where mm-hmm. I even, you even see like with light skin and dark skin, like men, like all the light skin are Drake's cause they're more what? Sensitive and then, like, darker skin guys, they're more tough and stuff like that. So, like, in the black community, some people might want to be with more, a more darker guy, yeah. which is all just so crazy and divisive. It's the man wanting to like keep us down. That's my own opinion. It's just yeah. these microaggressions within ourselves, our own community. It's really just white supremacy in a sense, because across the board, with like, I don't know if you all remember the, um, unfair and lovely campaign that they were doing in India because of the fair and lovely cream, the bleaching creams. Um, everyone wants to be lighter or as light as they can be to like fit that European beauty standard. Picture perfect. And, yeah. it's, and it's it's in Asia, it's in Africa, it's over here. I feel like it's all across the globe. And that's just something I feel like we all need to really address because it seems like it's so minute, like oh, we're all black, like we're, it's just skin tone. But no, it's so it's really it's deep in us, and it's it's really messed up. That's all I have to say about that. It's,
1: it's our it's our features, it's our color, it's it's all of the above, right? And 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 to piggyback off of what you're saying, Fedeke is is European features are worldwide the. Uh, beauty standard right and then we look at we look at that and we pick away like oh you're not as pretty because i don't know your nose is bigger right or darker skin or your you have wider hips or whatever and that shows in the fashion industry right if you look at models you look at models through the ages they've always been super skinny right uh that's not let, let's okay let's say they've been slim right uh, being able to and the site was we want they we want them to be able to fit into our clothes but that Takes away models that have curves and that's those are people of color who have curves now They're no longer able to showcase their curves because they're looked at as less pretty mm.
3: So I want to I want to revert back to what Fadiki was saying and also to your your question why does colorism persist and it goes back to what you said with privilege and i want to add to that privilege but also opportunity so um uh growing up in south africa so i grew up in a um a community that was predom- well it was completely colored so south african colored so i, I really don't I don't want to offend anyone uh, in south africa we were put into different race groups white black indian colored okay colors were obviously a mix okay and um, when, when I was talking about privilege, so my, 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 on my mother's side, uh, her, my grandmother's grandmother was Zulu. So you guys have heard of Shaka Zulu, right? So that's, that's my heritage. That's where I come from. But uh, like we had kind of alluded to, uh, they, she was most likely a mistress or uh, raped or whatever it was. And then that brought about my grandmother's mother and then my grandmother. Okay, so my grandmother herself, she also married a white man. Why did she marry a white man? Because it was an opportunity to get more privileges, right? So she was able to, you know, her children were able to jump on the bus. Half of her children weren't, but half of her children were. <laughs> so my grandmother is probably the same, uh, probably a, a darker complexion of what you are, Jody. Um, but it's uh, so so they would they would have tests in South Africa where, It's called the pencil test, where they would put a pencil in your hair. And to determine whether you can jump on a bus, if the pencil fell down, you can jump on the bus. If the pencil got stuck in your hair, you're not able to jump on the bus, Mm. which is crazy, right? Um, And then my mother would tell me stories of how they would all go uh, to the post office. And half of her her family were able to go into the post office. Half of them had to go on the other side because there were separate entrances for white people and for... Uh, the non-whites, right? Kind of what your your Jim Crow laws were here in the states, and uh, yeah, to to answer the question, why does it persist? Because you get more if you know, you're lighter skin, and uh, I I think that's why it persists. And um, even to go further to talk about the elderly the you know older people i remember my grandmother saying to me and you know i'm, I'm here to learn and i don't want i don't want to offend anyone uh, but i remember my grandmother saying to me oh what about the hair you got to watch out for the hair because you want that straight hair and they want that to continue in their, their lineage and you know because that's yeah. the, the environment and that's the culture she grew up in so yeah. that's
0: why because you said the pencil test
3: yeah see
0: no, and, no. Fedeke, and Fedeke and <laughs> said the brown paper bag test which i actually wanted to touch upon because i didn't know if people like knew really about the brown paper bag test because it was like in the early 1900s right like they would use a paper bag and put it up to your face and if you weren't the same shade or lighter than a paper bag you mm-hmm. weren't allowed in places. So say like the Cotton Club, like the great jazz, you know what I mean, like jazz places. Say if you were an entertainer, if you weren't lighter than a paper bag, they didn't want you on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also, it, it did go into, you know, African-American parties at that time. So say if you were in um, more upper class, you know, you tended to be lighter, lighter skinned and they would actually use that for their party. So it was called the paper bag parties so just to come into their homes or their houses they had a paper bag and you had to match it and if you weren't you were excluded so it's kind of wild to me to know that that happened in south africa as well like people have their own forms of a brown paper bag test
3: Mm -hmm. oh yeah it it was it was really crazy the way that apartheid was uh formed and uh, if you know about it, they they basically, there was so many laws in place to make sure that we stuck within our own race group. Uh, it was a crime for my uh, grandmother to marry a white man uh, mm-hmm. because she was marrying outside of a race group. Uh, we had to go to certain hospitals. We had to go to certain schools. We had to, we could get services only from colored uh, you know, services. We could get certain jobs. So... For example, my my father, he's an electrician, but he's not technically an electrician because he was an apprentice. He wasn't able to get his uh, full electric license because he wasn't white. Um, So uh, the white people's jobs were doctors, lawyers, you know, all of that. The colored people were your blue collar. The black people were your servants and working in the fields. And then the Indian people, they were brought there mostly. We have the biggest Indian population in, outside of uh, India. So they were brought to work on the sugarcane fields. So that's just a whole nother story. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's just crazy how, and, uh, you know, how it was done in South Africa and all of these tests. But let's not get into too much. Yeah,
0: <laughs> So we actually have a, um, one of the viewers actually said, what year did these tests stop? So, I know for the paper bag test, it normally stopped kind of in the mid 1900s, but I feel like it was still like, still kind of happened, you know? Yeah, back, like in the households, too, In the households, exactly. Like you brought home like a date that wasn't lighter yes.
2: than you couldn't date them because they wanted to keep the family. I know, at least, like on certain parts of my family, they're really fair skinned. And it was really just, we were sort of looked down upon. And, um, to have the kids there marry darker was frowned upon. Because yeah. they
0: wanted to keep everyone. So I, like, I feel like maybe with like the cotton club and stuff, I know it ended right around like the 1950s, stuff like that, like, you know, as they progressed, it, but it in still South Africa, happened in, in that. South
3: Africa. It was happening late into the 1980s. Um, so for me personally, where I, uh, uh, my experience was in 1990, Nelson Mandela was released from prison. And then in 1994, we had our first democratic election. In 1991, they started opening up schools. So I was able to go to a a previously white only school. And I was part of that first group to go to that. But up until then, apartheid was live and in full force.
0: Oh. I also have a question for you as well, Darren, real quick. It's a, um, one of our viewers says, I'm from South Africa too. So identifying as ethnically colored, how has your experience changed moving to the U.S.?
3: So I think it, in the U.S. It's, it's rather different. If you look at my, the color of my skin, uh, I look, I mean, people don't know what I am, honestly. <laughs> they think Filipino, uh, Mexican, and then white obviously i'm married to a white american so people just assume um, so in terms of what has the change been uh i've lost a lot of my culture just because I'm, I'm away from it but i still hold my culture one thing i will say is that i hate that question <laughs> what is your race group um uh and i have to pull that out for my kids and stuff just because it's, it's nothing that I identify, and it's a very closed question. But, yeah, I don't know if I answered it. Is that
0: No, you did <laughs> you did. You did. Um, I actually want to touch on the, in our Black community real, real quick for Fedeke and um, Greg. How have you had your own experiences with colorism in that kind of setting? Greg, you can take it
1: um so i'm so okay colorism affects me outside of our community more than inside of our community right Mm -hmm. so i often am looked at as less educated less um i'm super threatening um i don't know if you can tell but i'm a big girl right (laughs) so i immediately look scary and i've had several people tell me i've had jobs that have said you are threatening, you are a threatening person, including the mouse we talked about before, right? <laughs> so I've had I've met friends who have said, I was scared of you, girl, because I felt like you were threatening, right? And this is all because, yes, I'm big, I'm six foot tall, and I'm dark skinned. But if you wait until I start to speak, and then you're like, hold on, like this is not he's holding a a bouquet of flowers with his voice, right? So that that affects me every single day because i'm all my 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 appearance supersedes who i actually am right
4: mm-hmm. and
1: maybe within the community i'm i because i'm dark skinned uh and i am a male who dates males um i tend to i'm a man who dates men i should say i i <laughs> tend to be looked at as less attractive for being dark skinned right And I've noticed recently when I have this good lighting, when I look lighter skin, people are like, wow, you look good. But when I'm my full self in my darkness, I I don't get as many likes or or the the buzz. So it it affects my mental health because it, it has told me in the past I'm less than because I'm darker, right? I'm already less than because I'm Black. And Black people in the stratification of power are already towards the bottom, right? Even Black men are towards the bottom. Black women are at the bottom, right? So think about being a Black woman at the bottom of the stratification of power and then being dark skinned and being at the bottom of the bottom. That's horrible. It makes your mental health go like out the window, right? so it affects me mentally it affects me physically i feel like i i tend to wear colors and clothes that complement my sh- my color not because not only because yes it looks good on me but to make other people feel more comfortable with who i am i don't want to make myself look darker i haven't in the past been like i can't wear white shirts because that makes me look darker thus making me look more scary. Now, I realize how toxic that is for myself, so I wear whatever I want, right? But if Mm -hmm. I'm going into a situation where there are going to be a lot of white people or there are going to be people with mixed backgrounds, I need to seem more uh, uh, acceptable.
4: Mm -hmm. Go Mm -hmm. ahead.
2: So, um, well, colorism for me, I... I'm from Chicago and if you know Chicago, it's very segregated and I grew up in a very white area. And I feel like you really feel colorism more when you're around more black people. So I didn't feel it as much as a kid. And I'm actually very grateful for that because I used to um, be really upset that I wasn't around more black people, but that's just a, one of the small perks with a whole bunch of not non-perks with being around a bunch of um. White people not seeing your color that's a whole other conversation that's a that's a scary topic um but it wasn't until I got to high school where there were more kids of color there and it was only a few instances where this girl who happened to be darker than me would talk about my color and she'd say oh cuz you're black as hell but it was like the tone in which she said it I was like what are you trying to say and then also, what are you saying about yourself? Cause now you're, you're throwing this negative connotation with being dark at me. And now I'm seeing that you have this, your own self hate. And it was just really eye opening that way. Cause I would missed all of that. And growing up, I heard a bunch of stories about colorism and my mom is a little, my mom is a twin and she's just a little darker than her sister. But when they were kids in like the sixties and seventies kids wouldn't push my mom on the swing set, but they would push my aunt and they were nice to her because she was the lighter, prettier one. And um, so I heard these stories my whole life, but it wasn't until I left and I went to college actually, and I was around a bunch more black people that I started to like hear Light skin, dark skin, like conversations more. And I was like, oh, this is what everyone's talking about. I was in my own bubble. I was blind to this for so long. And it, it, it's really, it messes with your mental health because I was my friends would like call me like dark at times. And like, again, the tone, it's these microaggressions, but it like builds up and it gets in your head to the point where like, I was buying the wrong shade of makeup because I thought I was darker than I was. And my mom, I I went back home to Chicago and my mom was like, what are you doing with your face? And I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, why is your powder so dark? And I'm like, I am dark. She's like, you're brown. And I don't like that word either. We're all okay. black. Can we just Thank call you. it? what it, We're black. We're African-American. If you want to call yourself African-American, we're black at the end of the day. And it's we're so divisive so many times. But um, she was like, and then my aunt was like, it's because she's around so many light-skinned girls. And I was like, well, what are, you, what are you talking about? She's like, are they making comments? And I was like, well, yeah. She's like, yeah. You need to look at yourself and clear your head of all of that and see what you actually look like. And if you're darker, you're darker, if you're lighter, you're lighter, it doesn't matter what color you are, but don't let that get in your head. And it's one thing to say that and preach that to yourself, but when you're actually like living through it, oh my God, it's a completely different thing.
0: Yeah, I feel that growing up, cause I grew up in Burbank. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I will say Burbank is very nice cause it's like, it's like a melting pot, but you still feel yeah. white, you know, Privilege there. But in high school, I do remember, or just in school in general, like white girls would come up to me like, I'm darker than you. Like, I'd be like, the woman did that to my mom once. And I was like, okay. What do you mean? She's like, I'm yeah. dancing you. And I'm just like, but then it psychologically, you know, messes with you. And I am mixed that, you know, like my mom is Hispanic, Native American. So I do have like a lighter melanin, you know? So that would just make me feel some type of way. And then if I would go to like, say my darker friends, they'd be like, yeah. And I'd be like, right. just, that's not, that's not right. And they, but then I was too light for them. And then I was like, I was okay kind of for the white girl. So it was weird to be put in that situation. Cause I'm like, but I'm black, but it's like, I wasn't accepted. Like I was judged for being too light at times. And that, that also stems from this whole debate of, you know, light versus dark. And I'm just, it shouldn't be that way. You know, we are all one community and it just, it goes back to, honestly, I will say light skins have privilege. I will say I have privilege. Y'all know I have privilege. Like I might not have the same privilege that a white woman would get or white man, but I do have privileges say in, the workplaces right like i can i'm more susceptible to get an interview for a job or or you know get called back or get a higher paying job than someone say who's darker complexion um let's see like um the judicial system if i went to court i probably would get off like better than fideke probably for the same probably and my name, girl right right,
4: <laughs> right things like name.
0: that <laughs> Yeah. And it's things like that where I feel like it stems into why there's such a battle because it's, it, I mean, I don't want to say talking for you guys, but it's like you see everything given to lighter complexions and you're just like, why? Because I'm a human too. You know what I mean?
1: It's really what we've been fed though, right? It's <laughs> what we've been fed for years, especially through through media. TV shows and movies. If you look at the Cosby family and you look at, I'm going to touch on what Jody um, Fedeke said earlier about, you know, light-skins being Drake's, right? If you look at the problems that they touched on with Theo um, versus, um, oh my gosh, now the name is escaping me. The cockroach? Who was it? The cockroach?
2: Yeah, his friend. Were you talking about his friend, or are you talking about within the family? Within the
1: family, right? Was
2: it Lisa Bonet's character?
1: Yes, yes.
2: Okay. Den- not Denise. Not. I forget her name, but it was Lisa. Either Bonet. way, uh-huh.
1: her her things were more emotional based, right? Yeah. And Theo's things were like he got caught stealing or something like that, right? Trouble. And yeah. Yeah, and it 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 has it has ingrained in us within our own community <laughs> that we we need to demonize darker skins and when you see dark skins uh, dark skinned people on in movies um and you kind of touched on this jody in a different uh a talk but they're the thugs they're the the ghetto ones right and if you you really look at these like dark skin people when you think of a ghetto person a ghetto black person you immediately go to a black a like mm-hmm. da- yes very dark skinned girl or guy right when you think of the everyday black person that you've seen on movies and tv they're light-skinned they have a job they're a lawyer and they're light-skinned yes
4: um
1: recently we're breaking down barriers with shows like insecure where there's a character a main character who is very she's a dark-skinned woman and uh she's a lawyer and so we see that we are able to see that but in the past, it's it, it's not fathomable for us to be dark skinned and see ourselves as successful and see ourselves as anything more than ghetto or scary.
0: Mm-hmm. So touching on that, what, is, what role does colorism play in the entertainment industry? Like what else can we see like in music or like you said on television? I feel like in music like in hip-hop especially
2: there are a countless just number of songs where being light-skinned is referenced as like a prize or something or in that sense Mm -hmm. just boring pretty Mm -hmm. and I see I feel like you see it a lot in movies or on TV and usually you see a lot of artists, especially like female rappers, and they're usually very light skinned. Like when Meg Thee Stallion came out and I like actually saw her without like a bunch of like filters over whatever album cover, I was like, oh, oh, she's like, she's like my color. And I was really like shook by it because she was so successful. And you don't yeah. see that as often. It's like, I, what it feels like is like a hundred like Sweeties and Nicki Minaj's per like one yeah. Meg Thee Stallion.
1: Right. I agree with, and you see it, when you think of R&B, I'm going to put together R&B, hip-hop, and rap, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That's predominantly darker skin or or mixed color. When you think of soul, when you think of soul Mm -hmm. uh, artists, they're always dark. I I cannot think of a soul artist who is light-skinned. Adele came out first as an R&B and soul artist. The same with Pink, she was an R&B artist. Both of them became pop, just like that. Because they're lighter skin, they have lighter skin, It's um, it's more marketable. So I can also talk about Beyonce versus Kelly Rowland, right? And if you think of Beyonce versus Kelly Rowland, you can look at them in a picture together and see, okay, Beyonce is obviously lighter skin, she's more marketable, white girls can see themselves in her black girls can also see themselves in her dark-skinned girls can still say oh she's black so i can see myself in her right Mm -hmm. and so she's more marketable she becomes pop she doesn't become r&b and soul or anything like that she becomes pop Mm -hmm. whereas kelly Rowland has had to work super hard to to get to where she's at and she's she's Barely, like, uh, I would say a third of where Beyonce is, right? Mm-hmm. They started out together. They're both, in my opinion, equally as vocally talented, But or at least when they started. But look at who became more popular. Who was more marketable? Beyonce, right? Yeah. If, it's the same as when you're looking at Jody and Fedeke. Jodi, you're more marketable. Mm-hmm. Darren, you're more marketable because more people can see themselves in you so we've been fed that right uh if you look at the we wanted to cite the the tv show the proud family right uh do you want to talk about that
2: oh yeah because i loved the proud family and then i you grow up and you look back on things and you're like oh that was so dirty but um penny proud had it was a black family on the disney channel i think most of us know it and the mom was very light-skinned, and the dad was really dark-skinned, which is, of course, that family dynamic that we're always fed and we see everywhere. And Penny had a group of friends, and there was a, a Hispanic girl and a white girl, and there was a black girl. And her black girlfriend's name was Dejeuner and she was dark-skinned, and she was seen as the ghetto character. And she had a bunch of siblings, and her parents' like relationship was sort of like a mess, and she was seen as the least desirable one. She was always chasing after Sticky. I don't know if y'all remember the show. Yes. Sticky was always hating on her. And when you look back at that, that's something that you don't really think twice about as a kid, but then you're like, oh, even from this young of an age, we're feeding colorism to these kids. Like, and, now, right. and we're looking at ourselves, wondering why we have hashtag team light skin, team dark skin all, all over Twitter. We were right. raised with it. It's so in our culture. It's 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 sewn up in there, and we got to take that seam ripper and start ripping it out, basically. Because even the
0: sisters, they were like right. looked as as literally the thugs of the. the gross school like they yeah. were the They gross were called sisters.
2: gross. They were blue, and I'm pretty sure they were blue
0: because they were dark and they were ashy. Girl,
2: but I just they
0: oh, remember everything right because that was kind of like the theory, and every everything they wore was black. Like I mean, yes. like black, black. And they were the bullies and the people that they were the bullies. Money. They were the thugs, basically. They
2: were stealing from people. And they did
0: not, they made their features
2: not look. Oh, it was, they had wider noses, now that I'm thinking about they're it. They had wider noses. Like, like, it was yeah. kinky and it was kind of disheveled. They were dirt. Oh, that was so dirty.
1: <laughs> their they, was were
0: braids. Yeah. They
1: represented a, a lower socioeconomic um, standpoint of our community, right? Mm-hmm. And... They were stealing and all of that because they were poor, and they would have been the girls to have to get the free lunch and all of that, right? Mm-hmm. But instead of instead of looking at that and saying, "Okay, how can we help these girls?" That whole the whole main character Penny and all of them they hated those girls
4: mm-hmm.
1: because they were poor, because hey, they were they were girls. dark, yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. And so even okay, so you talked about Déjeuner liking Sticky, right? Mm-hmm. Who's also dark skinned? Yes, but if I remember right, Sticky liked the light skinned girl, La she like, he, Did
2: he, he like Siena or did he like Penny? He liked both.
1: No, he Either way,
4: popular. both were light,
1: lighter skinned girls, yep. right? He wasn't into the the girl who was into him, right? Okay. And that's that's paralleled in our own life, right? I feel like. Mm-hmm like I said earlier, I get passed over maybe because I am darker versus um, someone who's lighter unless I'm being fetishized, unless they're like, I love you because you're black. I love black men. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not, and then I'm trivialized. I'm not yeah. Greg, I am a black man.
2: Yeah. You're or, or, on the, or on the woman's side of it is my Nubian queen, yes. right. my African
0: goddess. This whole and it's just gross yeah it's a story about that right because so gabrielle union actually read this while researching all about colorism her like sons and everything she asked them who you find beautiful she wanted to see for herself Mm -hmm. and every person they named was considered a light-skinned woman Mm -hmm. and she said well can you tell me a darker skinned woman and they had nobody But then she showed them pictures and things like that and social media and everything. And then they got it. But then she was like, well, why does it take me showing you somebody in social media that is an influencer for you to see their beauty instead of a woman that's dark skinned walking down the street?
1: Right. Now, I want to say for the people who are watching, right, it's, oh, I, I think it's beautiful to want to embrace black skin, to want to embrace Uh, Black people, especially in this time now when people are having this kind of social awakening and they're like, all right, I'm, 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 I realize that I have this bias and I'm gonna step into it and I'm gonna, I'm gonna embrace black, blackness, right? But, but don't jump in and be this like, I love black people when you, you never were that like that before. Just understand where your bias is and be okay with that, right? Uh, I don't know if you've noticed this for or, or even Darren or Jody walking down the street since we've had, since all of this has started walking down the street, I've gotten so many, Hey, good mornings. Or one woman, <laughs> one woman. I was at
2: Trader Joe's and I was like, Oh no, you go. She's like, Oh no, you, you go. And I was I like, bro, I'm still looking at these. Right. I don't know what right. I'm getting
1: yet. Right. Still a person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one woman wearing a mask and. I, I walk my dog every day, twice a day, and there he, is.
4: I know.
0: Right,
1: there he is. He knew I was talking about him growing. Right <laughs> um. He. I. And this woman said, "I want you to know that I'm smiling at you." She was wearing a mask, uh-huh. and I said, "Okay." Like I was like, <laughs> "All right, well, I'm smiling at you too," but like, my point is whether it's dating whether it's platonic whether it's uh, a very like small interaction don't treat us like we are some sideshow we're still human beings we've been human beings we just want to be equal to you we don't want you to treat us uh, like more we don't want to eliminate you we just want to if you're gonna smile at me, smile at me. Just say good morning or whatever. But I've gotten so many extra good mornings or, hey, how's it going? One guy stopped me and was like, oh, what's that, what, what kind of dog is that? And my dog's a pit bull. So the girls are scared of pit bulls. So they usually don't ask, right? But I felt like he was compelled to have this conversation with me just so he could say, you know what? I had a conversation with the black guy today. He was very smart and well-spoken.
4: Hey.
1: And, Girl, let me just say, stop co- saying that we're well spoken. Oh, you're well spoken for a black person. That's offensive. Well
0: educated for a black. Person.
1: Yes, you're very educated. Wow, you speak so nicely, but that's rude. Like, why? What? I grew up around white people, so yeah, I speak like them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's happened to me, like for phone interviews. You know, because obviously Jody is white sounding. Right. So I'll basically, you know, I do. I don't sound, I sound like a white woman, let's be real. But, um, so I'll like walk in and they'll be like, oh, you're Jody." and I'm like, yes
4: I am.
1: Right.
0: And I gave- to my mom yeah. as well, yeah. Yes, they,
1: correctly. Can you, like you, Do you feel like you code switch with lighter skin people?
2: N- <sighs> um, well, the lighter skin people that I've been around, I code switch to sound more black.
1: That's that's what I was going towards. I do yeah. um
2: <laughs> when like when I said when I got to high school, I got like one of my first like actually close black friends. And then that's when like I started code switching more. And then when I got to college, all my friends, most of my friends were black and most of them were light skinned, and that's where I would code switch more. We we were all sounding just extra black.
1: Extra black. Extra black. I, extra extra black. At home, black.
2: we all sound well spoken.
1: <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> oh, Darren, no. for those of you, first of all, let me say, for those of you who don't know what code switching is, it's the, the defense mechanism that has been created by people of color to help other people feel comfortable with who you are. So, like Jody said, at interviews or anything like that, Yes, my name, Greg Williamson, Jody Marks, Darren, they're all white names, right? So on your resume, they're expecting a white person or a lighter skinned person. So when you walk in or they talk to you on the phone and you're like, Hello, hi. <laughs> yes, my name is Greg. But when I talk to Fideke, I'm like, girl, let me go ahead and sit out. So it's a very there's a huge there's this huge dichotomy between the two voices that you're using. They're both you, but you have to use one to survive and you use the other. I'm gonna say to survive as well because because of this colorism topic, right? I got to seem a little bit more black around my black friends because I got to play this role. I'm performing my blackness to my black friends, but I'm also performing my blackness to my white people as well, or my non-black people.
3: So I have a question about that and this is maybe uh, pointed towards you, Joni. Uh, so I know I had this issue growing up in a colored community and I went to a white school and then coming back, my colored friends were like, what's up with you? Like, you know, you're like a coconut. You're brown on the outside, but you're white yeah, on the inside. And, and it's like, you almost want to prove yourself more that you're part of that, that you're black. You really, mm-hmm. in, in your case, that you are, you know, I belong to this culture and this is where I am. Do you feel like you, you have to code switch when you're talking to...
0: Oh, all the time. I feel like if I get normal with you, you know, like, um, if I get comfortable, then you know the real me. But I remember in high school, high school is very clicky, right? Like you had the Hispanics over here. It was called the black table in the center. And then you had, I was in choir and show choir and theater. So, you know, then I had those sets of friends. And then I had my sports friends. So I feel like I switched every, like, couple minutes, whoever I was talking to. Cause when I was with my Hispanic friends, I wasn't Hispanic enough, right? Like I had to be a certain way. I had to act a certain way. But if I was with my black friends, I had to act black. like Cause they'd be like, what? You're acting, you're sounding too white right now. Like, who are you around? Like all this stuff. So I was like, and then, and just around choir it was mostly white people. So then at that point I was like, I can't look intimidating or sound intimidating. I can't be the sassy one. So I, it normally went to I'm the comic relief, right? Like I'm the person who makes like the jokes and everything, or and I, I'm well spoken. That's how you like get a get you know feel comfortable or make them feel comfortable. Because it was honestly to make them feel comfortable, not myself to be comfortable. And then when I would go home, I know my mom would be like, "Who are you?" <laughs> right? Because all day I was. My mom did so that to form, me. So many forms of yeah. jokes. And then my mom would be like, "She's coming down from something." <laughs> Like something's happening. And I'd be like in my room, like, oh my God. So finding your identity. Oh man. uh, In those times when you're trying to find who you are. Honestly, I don't think I found who I really was until I like went to college and was on my own and got to make my own friends. You know what I mean? Like you don't, you're not around people in college. You're not always in the same classroom. So you kind of get to dictate who you talk to and who you want to talk to. And I found that's where I really found myself. Because in high school, it was just the survival and not being called out or being saying, you're not enough of something. Yeah. You know, that that was the hardest thing for me, being a mixed kid. I wasn't Black enough. I wasn't Hispanic enough. I
3: wasn't wasn't enough. Not white enough to be white and not Black enough to be Black. Um, But yeah, I think what you mentioned about identity, it's such a huge thing. And uh, you'll see and I'm sorry to go back to South Africa, you see uh, a lot of the color community in gangsterism and uh, acting out because, you know, they don't know where they belong. And mm-hmm. I would imagine that, have you guys seen that? The same thing where uh, people act out because they don't know where they really belong.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. With that.
3: I've seen
0: that, oh, keep going, sorry.
3: No, I was just
1: gonna say that they're, they're performing it, right? They They don't know how else to perform their blackness, who they are so they this is and here we see it uh within the ghettos right which were created to keep these people there right and they stay there they don't leave these people don't leave this because that's what they think they're supposed to do that's what they've been fed they think that they're supposed to stay um in their area and they're not supposed to get education they're not supposed they're supposed to be on wick and section eight because that's just what they're supposed to be doing. And that's not true. It's not true at all, but there, there are, there's a small faction of people who believe that that's where they're supposed to be.
0: And I've definitely seen that, you know, in those kind of those areas. Um, And I will say, I do see a higher percentage of light skinned people in just having more opportunities that, you can kind of see that the schools kind of push for them more as a success story than say, um, a darker skin, um, child, you know, I I've even seen it even in Burbank, like people are like pushing you to do stuff. And then you're just like, but my friend too over here, yo, like, why why can't, why can't he come along kind of thing. And I feel like because they're more comfortable, right. That word of I'm comfortable around you because you remind me so much of a a lighter skin you're not intimidating and that's yes. where it also affects the children in our school systems because they don't have the kind of support they need in those lower com- like lower income communities because they're not viewed as valuable right. and that's another thing with colorism is because they're they're ex- they normally like they're not probably going to like realize it it's colorism but it's happening to them
4: right
0: and that's one of the things i want to touch upon like how can we like maybe, you know, educate children about colorism on a, I don't know, on a scale of how to not, I guess, use the, oh, you're a light skin or you're just dark skin. You know what I mean? Like on a, on that kind of scale. I feel like it's
2: so much just with how we talk to our kids because it may seem like a harmless oh come on like team light skin my mom heard one of my cousins saying that to her kids and I was like that's such divisive language and it's gonna stay with them and they're gonna just keep repeating this cycle so I feel like when you hear your friends saying things that are this decisive or you see as colorism call them out on it and like have them sort of thing and it's a hard thing to do because I know one time one of my friend's like boyfriends was like, oh, isn't she so cute? She's like light skinned and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, so are you telling me you wouldn't date her if she wasn't light skin?" And then like the conversation sort of went back a little bit and he's like, no, well, it's just like, and like, there's no real like thing to back up behind it. But just, I feel like facing things sort of head on in that way is one way to help this issue because it's not gonna like end overnight.
0: No, you have to, say something you know at this point in time you can't let people just say something and let it slide you kind of have to have that tough conversation and I know for anybody that's younger that's a hard thing to do because you just want to be accepted you know you're because like again you're still trying to find yourself you're still trying to find who you are and you don't want to be isolated as a kid you know you don't want to go to school and people picking on you or just. I don't even know. I'm honestly so happy I'm not a child right now. I would, my hair would be falling out. I would be so
2: stressed right now. Oh, my goodness. I, I would be like
0: homeless. I was sheltered a little bit as a kid because we, we didn't have social media like it is today. You know what I mean? Because the comments, the things, like you see influencers. Like, I remember one influ- influencer, she posted, and she was in a swimsuit, and people were telling, like, giving her advice how to lighten her skin
4: because
0: she was too dark. And I said, first of all, she didn't ask for your permission. And then she posted a video and said, I didn't ask for your permission. If I don't ask, you don't give it. And that's why I want everybody who's listening to know, if somebody doesn't ask you for anything on their complexion or like, you know what I mean? Just don't say anything. You know, you should love people for who they are and skin that they're born with, and you shouldn't have anything to say about it. Right. I just wanted to quickly
2: tell a quick little story yes. of the first time that I really saw colorism, and it just like hit me in the face like just a brick wall. I was at a sleepover, and there were boys and girls at this because the mom was fast and um <laughs> and there was this black boy there, I think he was mixed, but he was like maybe a shade lighter than me, and there was another boy there who was really dark. he was like dark, m- much darker than me. He was like, the color of my dad, he's really dark, and this mixed boy. I was like, yeah, no, I would never date a black girl. And I went, excuse me? Because there was me, a black girl, there was another black girl and everyone else was white. And like, and in my head at the time, I was like, don't go talking this foolishness in front of mixed company because now we're going to have white people hearing this and then they're going to bring this now. I'm like, we don't need the extra <laughs> from our own, coming from our own people. Mm-hmm. That's always just been my thought. Mm-hmm. So he says this and I go, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to stop you. I'm 13 at the time. I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, no, 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 no. Not you. You're not black. And I went, who changed me when, Since? (laughs) where he goes, no, 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 you're not black. You're Brown. And I went, excuse me. He goes, I mean like black, like, and then he pointed at the really dark boy and he was like, no offense, man. I like, but I just would never date a girl that's your color. And then the boy who was dark is looking down like this, feeling shame. I know because he's hating himself, probably his mother, his sisters. And he goes, yeah, nah, man, like I wouldn't either. And I looked at him and I was like, what are you talking about? And then he tried to demonize me and make me seem like the angry black woman. He was Mm -hmm. like, you just see, you seem like you're going to hit me right now or something. And I'm like, no, I just want to know where this crazy talk is coming from. And he was like, it's just like, you know, dark skinned girls, they always like they're loud and they always have like an attitude and blah, 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 blah and all this other stuff. And I'm like, how are you going to differentiate people based on skin tone? Because within a family, you can have someone that's Jody's color and someone that's my color. We could be sisters. It like really just doesn't matter. It's all just like how the genes like work. Right. and he just went on this thing like no like you're okay so he told me I was okay and then a Hispanic boy was there and he was like yeah no like but I know what you mean man like I wouldn't date a dark-skinned girl either but like a light-skinned girl with like green eyes that's who I and they were like oh yeah man no, that's what so they were fetishizing really this light-skinned girl with like a different color eyes and telling me yeah you're not like you, we don't want you, but, like, you'll pass. But, like, nah, like, dark, like, dark like that, that's not. And I feel like that's a lot of the mentality of a lot of these younger kids. Because, I mean, what, I'm 23 now? That was 10 years ago? It was, there was some, sp- that was some spooky stuff I saw. And it's, and then, it stuck with me. That was 10 years
0: ago, and it stuck with me. I want you to tell that story that you told me uh, about the hands. About the hand. Oh my goodness, that was white was people. the same, the same <laughs> white
2: people. I was five and like, Not I knew I was black way. in theory. Like, I know I'm black, I know I'm different than like Susie. But this girl was like, okay, everyone put your hands like this. And we were like, okay, so our hands are out. And she goes, okay, white, 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 white. And we were like, okay. She goes, okay, like, hey, flip your hands like this. And then she went, white, 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 black. And I went, oh. Oh my God, like that, like five year old just like, Oh, like I'm different, different. And that was the first time that I realized that I was like different, but I had a cousin who was a little lighter than Jody. And I'm like, would she have done the same thing with her? You know, I feel like we, we really can't keep dividing ourselves like this because truly at the end of the day, we are all black and like hair texture and skin color, it really like doesn't matter because two black people my color can have a kid that's like Jody's color or Greg's color or oh. anywhere in between. It just it 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 it's so just up to chance with that. So we really can't because divide ourselves and like demonize certain parts of us because we're really just demonizing ourselves at the end of the right. day. Mm-hmm. We can't let white supremacy win. That's what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, that's the right. We're giving them power to keep demonizing ourselves because we're doing it to ourselves. We're doing that's it in our own community. It to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And
1: melanin is melanin is so crazy in the sense that like I'm I'm I have several different complexions, right? You're gonna be like, what are you talking about, right? So if you look at my face. I'm dark. In, but if you look at here, this is what color I actually am.
4: Girl, I got a <laughs> right now. <laughs> are, <That's summertime>, right?
1: <laughs> look, look at the change between. I obviously can see, like I wear shirts like this, but this oh, is what. Look, do you see that difference? Like, right.
2: This is, this is the color of my usual, but my face is always this color. Right. Oh.
1: So, so summertime is terrorizing us, but <laughs> <laughs> regardless, no, but it's like, real. That's so true. My mom, my mom is way lighter than me, right? And my brother, way lighter. But me, dark. Like, it just, it, like you said, I'm just speaking to your it's point just for just how the
2: cookie crumbles. It's
1: just how it goes. I'm multicolored, I'm golden some places, I'm red-toned some places, but I'm all black, okay? So Period. it's taken me, I'm 31, and it's taken me a very long time to really love my skin. I love my skin. And I wear sunscreen every day and people are like, well, you don't need that. And I'm like, I love wear sunscreen because I love my skin and I wanna keep my skin healthy and free of any sort of sun damage because I love it, right? But like I, like, like I said, it took me a long time to get there. And I, I, as you asked the question, I'm gonna go back to the question of how do we teach uh, the younger generation to not do colorism i'm gonna say maybe we should not teach colorism right we we are we address it so it's not not like okay it doesn't exist like the argument oh i don't see color right no colorism happens right Uh, uh complexion happens but but think about about the what we talked about with the penny proud uh the beyonce all of that that was all taught to us from a young age if we could just eliminate that it doesn't have to be a mixed family and you know like blackish right where one person's light one person's dark one person's this we don't have to have all of that we can just Mm -hmm. show black people as they are all different shades because it's at the end of the day it's just a shade of melanin right jody's no less black for decades, no more Black. Darren, you are no more or less Black than any of us, right? We are are all from the same place, we're all Black. So uh, not showing our kids that we should be discriminating or we should be looking at people differently because of the amount of melanin in their skin is going to be key, right? For those people outside of the Black community, it's going to be hard because you're going to have to understand your that you you're going to have innate biases, right? They're going to be ingrained in you. Understanding them is the key. Understanding your biases is the first step. Understanding like okay, that person's darker, they're not less than they're not less than, they're I'm going to treat them the same way as I would treat any other race, ethnic racial minority. I'm going to treat them the same way, right? Uh so that's what I feel. Th- I feel like we should be going towards. Um, in previous conversations, Jody, you've talked about you know inclusivity and um, and uh, 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 representation. Yes, that's important, right? It's important to see yourself and people. We need people like Jackie Aina who fights for the beauty beauty community to have every shade. We don't need just four shades of black people, but 19 shades of you know, white or lighter skin, but we need to have 19 shades of black as well, because that's important. We need to have people fighting for our, our complexion. Just because we have more melanin doesn't mean that we don't deserve to have our skin match our makeup, right? Um, so just fighting for those things and understanding. Lastly, telling black girls that you're beautiful. That is huge. Telling black girls that look, your hair looks good today. Ooh, look at your skin. You are so beautiful. And I love your smile. They're not told that. They're not told that enough, I should say. And that is super important. Young black girls, and I, I, I say this because I did this to my my cousin. I grew up really close to my young cousin, and she was darker than all of us. And we always say she was ugly. That's unfair to her. What we should have been doing was telling her, you are beautiful. You are smart, your hair looks wonderful. She was the only girl in our family. So how, did she, how was she able to move forward in, in life and have a positive thinking, right? As an adult now, I don't know if she struggles with self-image and so that's key. Black women specifically need to know from a young age that you are beautiful, your skin is beautiful, your hair, your teeth, the way you speak, it is wonderful. And there's nothing wrong with you
2: girl i just gotta quickly add on to that because i know my mom probably gonna watch this show and she's gonna be like i told you that every day (laughs) that you were a beautiful black girl (laughs) because i remember being a kid and having a coloring book this was back in the day y'all i'm showing my age we didn't have a black princess i was (laughs) I i was coloring my cinderella black and my mom was on the phone and she said hold on she's like good good job. You, you make Cinderella black. She can be black if she wants to be black. And I was like, four, like, okay. this crazy. <laughs> But it's that for She was literally forcing it down my throat that you're beautiful. Don't let anyone tell you that because of your skin color or your hair or anything that you're not. And I didn't really know why she kept like shoving it down my throat. That's what it felt like. But I'm really glad that she did because I didn't have an c- issue with my skin color. It maybe t- a touch when I got to college, but at least in those formative years, I didn't have an issue with my skin color. And that was because my mom did exactly what Greg said every person should do to these dark
4: right Right. It's, it's, it
1: it's just that it doesn't happen enough. We it need doesn't. to see more. I mean we, we have to see it more. And I'm sure because your mom did that, when it happened in college, you were able to bounce back because you were yeah. more confident you had a better self image. You were like, girl, I'm fine. Like, let me snap out of this. Right. Yeah. But that may not have happened for a lot of girls. That's how these girls, not to get too serious, but that's how girls like this end up being trafficked. Right. Or end up being in abusive relationships because they, they believe that's what they deserve.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: And we have to, we have to get out of that. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think to from my side it's just coming from a place of seeking to understand rather than to put yourself out there first. And I think everything that you mentioned, Greg, about representation, I think representation is so huge. I grow. Uh, I'm I live here in La Crescenta, and our population is a lot of uh, white people, uh, Armenian, and Korean. We have a big Korean population. Not not a lot of black people, but there are some here and there. And so. My girls they don't they don't see as many black people, so how do how do I get past that and how do I teach them more inclusivity? How do I teach them that you know uh, to to understand this this concept of of uh, you know including everybody when they're not seeing it all the time? So that representation is important. so you know uh, we went out and we bought a bunch of books just so that they can see it um, um, and uh, you know actually pushing ourselves to go out there and trying to understand. So uh, for me, it's very easy because when I take my kids back home to South Africa, they sing all shades and they sing all colors. But what does that mean for, for people that
4: are
3: uh, are living in La Crescenta, where I am living and they don't see as many Black people? Maybe push yourself to take them out and, and, and uh, socialize with other Black kids so that they... Mm-hmm on you know when it when it comes across them they you know from what they see on tv because you guys were talking about the pride family uh you know that that may be their only uh experience of seeing a black family yes,
1: yes.
4: right yes.
3: so so pushing yourself to actually go and have a personal experience and and uh you know getting out of your your comfort zone
1: right representation is not just important for us to see ourselves before like you said darren for other people to see that we're okay in my field in uh, i work in the aba field uh, applied behavior analysis field um it's not black it's predominantly white women which is surprise surprising for me since women uh don't lead a lot of workforces but white women is where it's at right and i am the only black male in my whole office no Black men, I have not seen not one Black man, and there are, I can count on my my hands the amount of Black women that work in my office, right? So these people that I work with, the families that I work with, the kids, they don't see any other Black men. So when I come in, like I said before, I'm already super scary. And then I'm rolling on the floor across the, the parking lot and they're like, this guy is a clown, right? So then they start to it starts to break down like okay he's he's nice so I'm representing unfortunately not that I want to but I am representing black men in in my field at my company I'm representing black men and so there's this like extra burden that I feel that I have to be excellent I have to always exude professionalism and exude this like. Here I am, I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm doing. Clinically, I'm making good decisions and I can never falter because when I do, that's going to look poorly on black men, specifically. Black people, but black men, right? And especially dark skinned black. Yes. What was that? Tadikin?
2: Oh, I said, you've got the whole community like on your back, on basically. The back yeah. you're representing everyone, which isn't fair, right. but I'm just stating.
1: Right, and I didn't ask for that and I don't want that, but that's kind of how this goes. When you tend to be in a field, in any field, where you are the only black person or you're one of the only black people, it's hard. And, and it goes for the same for theater, right? When you look at a show and you're watching a show in the audience and you see someone that's different, it's a person of color, a dark-skinned person or whatever, your eye goes to that person because they're different. You can, you can see someone, uh, forgive me if I'm being, um, uh, offensive, but you can see someone in a wheelchair and you would immediately be like, oh, that person's different. And you would look at that person throughout the whole performance, right? And you're going to judge that person unfairly based on everybody else. Or Miss Jody Marks can belt the house down, right? But you're like, she's a Black person and she did it, right? She's not just Jody; she's a Black girl or she's a person of color and she did that.
0: Um, but it's also like, because I know when I've belted, like even at AMDA, when college people would be like oh yes girl but it's like expected so it's like if a white girl belts right. it's like uh mm, yeah she did that but if it's a black girl she, you're like yes mm-hmm. that was expected of you
1: right yeah. you're waiting for it you're like- not
2: a belter so they were like trying to get that out of me and i was singing legit and they're like oh my god you're audra you're Audra. if you're black and you sing any sort of legit like classical sounding song you're audra mcdonald's just
4: right
0: And that's not how it should be. I'm like, but I did that and I killed that. So I should be getting the same amount of, like, congratulations. You know what I mean? So it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, you shouldn't put that on people just because of their skin color or their race. Like, you shouldn't say how they normally go, oh, a black person can be very good at sports. Okay, that's not... Yes,
1: yeah. Right. I get all the time. Like I said, I'm a big girl. I walk down the street and when men see me, they're like, oh, you must play football. And I'm like, bro, football, who is that, honey? Like,
0: who when is that? I tell you, so when me and my dad would be out, not kidding, this has happened almost every single time. He would get stopped and ask for his autograph because I thought, because he was 6'5", right? That he was a basketball player. And if he didn't give an autograph, they would get offense like so mean, and they would be like, "Why can't you just sign this autograph for me or like their son or whoever's with them?" And my dad would be like, "Go on, you know what I mean? Like just leave us, you know." And I I remember watching him being like, "How many times do you get asked just because of your height and you're black that you're a basketball player? You know what I mean? Like it shouldn't be like that. Like do you, I'm like, but honestly, are they even fans because they can't even recognize your face? They just automatically assume." Right. Yeah.
1: They assume, or they just assume that we, we, this is, I kind of touched on this about having that we're fetishized, but it's the truth, right? We're looked at as we have to be athletes. If you're a male that looks like me, I got, I get it all the time. I went to the hardware store last week and I was like, I don't think I can carry this wood back to my house a couple blocks. He was like, no, you're a big man. You're a big old. And I said, I'm offended. I'm a petite woman. Stop it. (laughs) Like, either way, it's, it's, it's hard to be black and perform your blackness for other people. And so that kind of like outside of being black, that is colorism there. Right. You, we just gave you examples of, of Jody because she sings. So she's expected when she sings the national anthem, she's better. She better run it all up, down, up and down. That
0: gospel sound.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's gotta be Whitney or nothing. Right. But, Fideke is expected that, and she just sings the national anthem just through, and everyone's like underwhelmed. It's a great performance, but underwhelmed. How is that fair? I'm now all of a sudden this like athletic person. Although I'm athletic, I am assumed to be athletic before even presenting that. Right? Jody's athletic, but you would like? Would you People, know? Thanks. Right
0: some people do it, it honestly I find out depending on how I look how I dress they find if I'm athletic or not or if I'm too girly which is kind of weird you know or how my hair is I found if my hair is like in braids I become more uh black to people if my hair is straight I'm like on a wider like honestly I found that people associate me how my hair is and it like is very weird like I've had people at work being like Oh, your hair is so nice today or when it's like in a messy bun they'll be like <laughs>
1: not today your hair is so nice today
0: so okay, okay.
1: Can I just
2: <laughs> or what do wait? know what did someone say to you jody they were like oh you guys keep changing your hair so much
0: yeah, yeah. i was working um one of the one of the ladies because i work for um electric apartments One of the tenants came down for her like daily walk, you know, and she was walking by and she was like, Oh, I love your hair. She's like, Oh, you guys change it so much. And I was like, you guys, Mm. Okay, no, it's just how my hair to be like, uh, this is how, you know, honestly, for me, my hair has been a journey through my life because of like really colorism because you have people basically telling you, you have to have your hair a certain way to be more presentable you know like I remember growing up and I got my hair relaxed so many times and it was straight like you would have never seen the curls and I was too scared to wear the curls and I remember my mom god bless her soul because she was always hi mom you're watching this I know she would always be like wear your hair down and I'd be like no or we would have so many problems where she would try to help me with my hair and I would have a fit like it was traumatizing like I feel bad for her now saying this like because I remember always wanting to look like the girl next door or the typical beauty, this is what beauty is, and not accepting my natural hair color because if I did it or my natural like um, hair, because if I did accept my natural hair and I went out, people would either want to touch it, was think it was fake.
4: Yeah.
0: that all the time. Oh, did you add late? No girl. I got it. Thank you. Well, but, um, you <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like those kind of things, I remember wanting to hide it. And, oh, it was such a, but now I'm like, it's out. And if I do a hairstyle, I do it for myself and not for anybody else. So when people make those comments still, I'm kind of like, oh, we need to get past this. I
2: feel like hair in our community is so almost taboo of a topic because there's just so many different like oh if you wear fake hair I always wear fake hair just cuz like I'm not straightening my real hair cuz like it won't stay straight and that's my business um but it's like if you wear fake hair oh you don't like yourself or you don't like your hair I love my hair it's just I really like it straight so that I can do this cuz that's just a part right. of reality
4: and, and
2: um. But I, I re, I recognized when I would wear my my natural hair out, it became a statement, and it was so annoying to like have my hair be a statement. Like I'm already, I'm like five six and a half, so I'm already like on the taller side of woman and I'm, I'm a big girl to quote Greg, and um, so when I when I'm I'm already like a presence, and then I have my hair big out, it, it's it's the statement that I don't feel like I have to make or should have to make and it and I it's just it's an it's just a burden because I, I walked out with my hair out and then someone was like, ah yeah girl, my Nubian Queen. And I'm like, oh my God, can I just like go get some food really quick? Do I have do you have to like say something about my hair? Just leave right. everyone alone on that.
1: The Nubian Queen is terrorizing you.
2: It is. Like it should be <laughs> you know, a
4: couple know, times.
2: Right. But it really
4: is.
1: What's interesting about about hair, though, is is we we as a community tend to straighten our hair to to make other people, again, we do all of these performative things to ourselves to make other people feel better about us, right? Um, if you look at professionally, uh, our uh uh black or afrocentric uh hairstyles are not looked at as professional having dreads having cornrows having uh an afro not looked at as having uh being um professional disney has a i'm going to talk about her uh disney has a, a policy it's called disney look right so it's it's a guideline for the way that you should look the way that uh Disney wants you to be uh, if you are an employee or a cast member. And if you look at what's appropriate for black, it's a, a hair, hair color is supposed to be natural to your skin. Right? So if it looks natural on you, then you can wear it. So a white girl can dye her hair red, uh, blonde, black, whatever, whatever. I mean, gray at some points, right? And it yeah. looks natural. I, as a, as a black person, had blonde hair once and I hid it every day because it's not appropriate because I can't actually grow gray uh, blonde hair. Now, how was that fair, right? right? I also had to have my hair this length, this short length because that's what looks nice to other people, right? I could not have, like I said, have dreads and Afro. My hair could not be longer than the, the the, uh, a, a pencil eraser um, and that's on your beard or your hair. It can't be multiple lengths. So as black men, we like to get fades because that's what we have. That's not appropriate. Uh, it wasn't appropriate. Um, and so professionally, what can we do? What do we have to do? We got to wear straight hair. We got to look super presentable. We have to be, I got to be cut, 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 cut. Like I can't come to work looking a little bit disheveled because I will look unprofessional where some of my you know friends colleagues may just throw their hair in a messy ponytail and that's professional to them mm-hmm. but if Anita threw her hair in a messy ponytail they'd say girl what's going on with your hair today okay. yeah were you sick were you in a rush i've seen women come to to work with wet hair and they let it dry at work that's not professional to me But it's acceptable because it's okay for them so we like i said we do a lot of performative things to ourselves to make other people accept us and it's not fair to us but on the outside like they still appreciate it they still want that like i said if they would say or anybody else what's going on what's going on with your hair which is not appropriate don't touch it don't ask me about it
0: yeah (laughs) that also happened with me with nails at disney They're not done now because it's quarantine. But nails for the the women, um, I mean the guys too. But I remember um, one time I went to my nail stylist Lexi, and you know fake nails are crazy styles sometimes. Yeah. But they're not. They weren't long. They weren't long nails. They were still my nails. I got called out so quick at Disney for that. They were like, "Neon, honey, that's not the color wheel. The color we give you the color wheel. Where's the?" And I was like. But then, like, the next day, my other coworker, who happened to be a white woman, has, like, nails this long, and they were neon green, straight, neon green. Was anything said to her? Nope. Nope.
1: Because it, it stood out less. But I will say about the nails and the Disney look on nails, right? It, a lot of them are nudes. So yep. they're saying you can have pinks, you can have reds, but they need to be subdued, and then you can have nudes. Now, nude on us is not the same nude. Nude on me is not the same nude as Jody, and not the same nude as Darren, right? So we can't all wear the same nude, right? And I think it was two weeks ago you talked about tight colors, or I guess I brought up the conversation, tights, tights in in dance, right? And there's nude tights, but the nude for dark skin was burgundy, and it was just one color for a long time, or just a couple other colors now. That's not, that's not an appropriate nude. That's not even, Fideki and I couldn't even wear the same nude, right? So that's where I find the problem in this concept of what's professional, what's not professional. It's, it's a European look at it. It's not a, it doesn't take all of us, every person of color. It takes a look at a European style and then says, okay, everybody else figure it out from there. You gotta, you gotta be as close as you can. If you look at Disney was saying women couldn't wear hijabs for a while. They had a whole thing about that. i um, not going to talk about it because I don't know enough about it, but that was a huge thing too. Like, how was, that, how was that possible that you couldn't be yourself? You can't be yourself. You can't have any sort of individuality or any sort of expression of who you are because you got to make other people feel less threatened. And it's not fair.
0: So because we're running out of time so this is going to be the last question kind of all talked about a little bit but what can like an individual do to end maybe colorism in their own mind's like how should maybe if you were talking to your friend how should they maybe um, have colorism on a personal level like maybe like looking at their own biases and everything
2: Greg right, you want to Anybody dare you All right, I will. Okay, so for me personally, in this time of self quarantine, this pandemic, and seeing all this um, racial, um, civil rights, everything happening right now in the world, I've done a lot of self-reflection and I've looked at myself. Well, I'm just gonna really quick just say that I'm half Nigerian, and my name is Fideke Operende and that's why. And as a kid, Growing up when people would say, oh, what's your name? And I'd say, oh, I'm Fideke. And I'd say, oh, I'm Fideke Operende. Or if someone would ask me if I was Black, I'd make sure to say I was African-American because I didn't want people to think that I had like a pseudo-African name because I was seen as more ghetto, right? So I realized this year that that was something that was ugly and sort of biased in me that I needed to address. And I feel like a lot of us have those biases that we need to sort of just confront head on. And as all of us do that, and then we see people around us Mm -hmm. speaking with divisive language, again, we should just call it out because we're calling out everything else. So if you see something, say something, to quote the airport and New (laughs) York City. That's what I've got to say on that.
3: Yeah, I think for me, I think I mentioned it a little bit earlier just, To do what you can in terms of what's in your sphere of control, uh, and what's in my sphere of control is my kids. I'm going to start with them, and myself seeking to understand first, rather than putting pre prejudices, prejudging people, prejudging you know whether you're dark skin, light skin, whatever it is, different uh, culture, whatever it is, just coming from a point of I'm trying to understand you. And, you know, where you're at, not giving those, those stereotypes and, and prejudices. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's where we all have to start from. And, um, you know, we, I think the problem goes to where we try to control others. And we can't control others, right? Um, so, just control yourself. And my kids, I can control them somewhat. So.
1: um for me i i think that seeing in general seeing outside of yourself kind of what is darren's darren saying seeing outside of yourself your own little bubble and 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 challenging yourself when you're saying well i don't know anybody who does x y and z i don't know anybody who's Doesn't like dark-skinned people that doesn't mean that those things don't that doesn't mean that those things don't exist Right. There are people who don't like dark-skinned people. There are people who don't like light-skinned people And that goes across every sort of ethnic racial uh, Group, right? It happens in every group if you look at in Korea They have two shades of they have three now, but two predominant shades of foundation one and two and they're both white, right? Because they want to be white. And if you look if you look in the Latino community or the Latinx community, it happens there too, right? Mm-hmm. So look outside of yourself, start to see a little bit like what Darren's saying, start to see it. Start to see, okay, that person's dark and I'm going to treat them the same as anybody else. If I'm dark uh, or I'm dark, so I'm gonna treat light people, light skinned people the same as well as dark skinned people, because we're all people understand that we have these biases that are taught to us that we don't even know that we're taught to us. Like we talked about earlier with the proud family. We didn't even know that until now. And we're adults. And we're seeing that. Right. I learned that the gross sisters were blue because they were ashy. And it took me 30 years to learn that. Right. So start to look within yourself and see. All right. I was rude to that person and I shouldn't have been and this that's how that's how I think we'll see a lot of change start to see more we when we start to see more representation of positive dark and light we'll start to kind of like all right that's okay as well and that's it for me bro <laughs>
0: Thank you all so much for coming this week to be panelists. I've learned so much just from hearing your experiences and your stories and thank you for sharing them with us. I know, you know, this colorism is a very, very, it just is a broad topic because there's so much to unravel and thank you all for doing that with us tonight. And thank you for coming, um, all the audience members for watching and I hope you tune in next week. Um, But thank you for watching. Have a good night.
4: Bye.